0: Shlama شلاما نام هون حمده الله إيوانجيل يوم قدس Admate metay wa alam shiha marani ishla weya o kidwa appreciate jmi'a kin baqira isha o mera ma kamrutun illi dmshiha mera tala brdawe mera tala دخ بدم دعوي ذقارة بروحها مريا أم سبب دميرة ميرة ماريا تستعدي إيو من يمنتي ولتدارن دج من ديوك قد أقلث خل أقلثيخ، بدم إن دعوى ذقارة ماريا دخ إلى برونه ولأنا ناش ولأبه جاء والجواب ولم جا وا من أو يوما دم باقر the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew. Glory to Christ, o Lord. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. So practice and observe whatever they tell you, but not what they do. For they preach, but do not practice. They bind heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with their finger. They do all their deeds to be seen by men, for they make their phylacteries broad, and their fringes long, and they love the place of honor at feasts, and the best seats in the synagogues, and salutations in the marketplaces, and being called rabbi by men. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher. And you are all brethren. And call, no man, your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. Neither be called masters, for you have one master, the Christ. He who is the greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself shall be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you shut the kingdom of heaven against men. For you neither enter yourselves, nor would allow others to enter. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you devour widows' houses. For a pretense you make long prayers. Therefore, you will receive the greater condemnation. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! for you traverse sea and land to make a single convert and when he becomes a convert you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourselves laha amina Put yourself in my shoes, huh? While I'm reading that gospel, what is Father Matthew thinking as Jesus is like this dismantling the, the leaders of the faith community, right? And he's just like kind of calling them out bit by bit in front of everybody. So it's always funny uh, from my perspective as I'm reading it to kind of like superimpose that upon myself. I'm like, wow, okay, okay, Jesus, okay. Uh, but Jesus is really letting them have it here. And this is from Matthew 23, so this is near the end of Matthew. This is like a great buildup that's led to this point. And after this is when you see uh, the passion soon taking place. So, uh, as we're celebrating today, the last Sunday of the liturgical year. So next week, as you can see in the decorations behind me and in the lights that you see when you drive, we're going to be entering into the season of Subara, or we call it Advent. Um, It's also the last week of the season of the church, and so all the imagery, you know how those prayers that change every week, the antiphons, all the imagery that's being Uh, Considered is how the church is being elevated, how it's the end times, how she's now like the bride of Christ, and how the priests are given special focus. So, out of all the different imageries we've been hearing about the first week of the season of the church, we heard about the authority, the rock. The second week, we heard about the Sabbath. Last week, we heard about the temple. And this week, we hear about the hierarchy of the church. And I want to focus on that in the homily today. It's a very uncomfortable homily for me because I'm a part of that hierarchy. And I'm going to kind of uh, do a couple of things that Jesus did because we always have to preach the gospel, right? And Jesus set up the authority. He, he talked about it. And he also talked about the persons and how their sinfulness was very apparent. And so that being said, I first want to talk about what Jesus said when he said, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat, so he himself, Jesus, acknowledges that there is this authority, and he even says, "Whatever they tell you, do." He's giving, he's he's, he's enforcing that authority, reinforcing it for his listeners, and it's really a really a beautiful thing when I when I meditate. Again, it's always weird for me to say it. I meditate on the gift of the priesthood, not just to me, but in general, that God gave the church this office of priesthood, and with it, the people are able to come together like you are now, in this context of Mass, while the priest is directing his prayers toward the Father, and you're able to participate in the sacrifice. You're able to have access in the one eternal sacrifice because of the priesthood. And it's such a beautiful, marvelous gift to to meditate on and consider. When I think of confession, Bishop Fulton Sheen, he says that the grace that is imparted in confession when the priest raises his right hand and forgives... He says the grace that's imparted is greater and more, more than the grace it took to create the universe from God. Because when we sin, we, we mess up that order of nature. God has to do the whole recreation in our soul to the blood of Jesus. That comes through the hand of the priest. And so many of our elders of our community, some of our younger, will remember that the way that the priest would have been approached was what? What did they do? they kiss his hand. I'm not suggesting you have to kiss my hand or anything like that. But what I'm suggesting is that they understood that because of this priest, his hands that took the bread and the wine, the cup, and made it into God, there's something very profound there, and that's something worth, you know, kissing. The, the character of the priesthood, not the person. If you're kissing a priest's hand because you like that priest, you got it wrong. Don't do that. You got it confused. You kiss the you, whether he's a sinful priest or a holy priest. You recognize the character, the office that I received when I was ordained. So it's something to really behold. It's something to really like, really meditate on. It's a, it's a gift. It's a gift of mercy that we have that access. It's, it's a beautiful gift. But at the same time that it is a gift, we have to consider uh, the, I'm going to use a high word, august, the majestic office comes with a lot of territory. And, and we have to be careful. The priests who are up here teaching you we're up here, or Jesus says, they have the authority to teach. The letter of James, such a good letter. He says, let not many of you become teachers, for you know that we who teach shall be judged with greater strictness. Jesus says, they will receive the greater condemnation out of the words of our Savior. That's me. That's why it's always weird to read that gospel. Like, ugh. <laughs> But uh, I'd like to share with you a, uh, a snippet of what St. Augustine wrote to his bishop when he was preparing to be ordained a priest. He was, he was going crazy internally. He was saying, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Please delay my ordination three years. This is Augustine, guys. Augustine was one of the, the highest levels of doctor of the church, of, of, of intellect, of his contribution theologically. This is what he wrote to his bishop in 391 A.D. He said, Nothing is easier, more pleasant, and more attractive for men than the office of bishop, priest, or deacon if it's carried out in a greedy manner. Nothing is easier, but before God, nothing is more miserable, more sad, and more worthy of condemnation. That's if it's carried out in a greedy manner. Then he says, Likewise, nothing in this life especially at this time, is more difficult, more laborious, more dangerous than the office of bishop, priest, or deacon. But before God, nothing is more blessed if they act as their emperor commands them, that is, God. Just like the two sides of the coin you see here. And um, Augustine had it right, because this is not uh, a cakewalk, right? Uh, Again, this is weird for me to say, because I'm a priest and I'm preaching to you, but it's an important message because he's is talking about it in the Gospel, but um, why is it important? Because not only is the priest standing in this place of condemnation, but because I'm your priest, <laughs> and you want a good priest. Father Pierce, your priest. Father you want a good priest. There's a massive correlation. If you have a saintly priest, you're going to have a saintly congregation. If you have a saintly father, you're going to have saintly kids. Uh, maybe you've heard it before, if you have a a saintly father, you're going to have holy kids. Or a saintly priest, you're going to have a holy church. If you have a holy priest, you're going to have a good church. And if you have a good priest, then God help your church. You heard that before, maybe? I don't know. But the point is, uh, we are going to be held to a higher standard. So I remember one time when I was driving in the east side on Mound Road when I was at Holy Martyrs Church, and I, I rolled a stop sign when I was making a Michigan left on Mound. And there was like nobody on the road, but I did what I did. And the cop pulled up behind me, of course, and put on his lights and pulled me over. And he said, You know, I had my collar, but it was unbuttoned. And I always told myself, If I ever get pulled over and I have my collar, I'm not going to button it if it's already unbuttoned. It's just like I don't abuse that, that, um, uh, that position. So the officer's like, He didn't recognize him, a priest. He's like, No, I pulled you over. I'm like, Yeah, I rolled a stop sign. I know it was my fault. And he's like, okay, so where are you going? I was like, oh, I'm going to church. And he looks closer, he sees like the tab, you know? He's like, oh, you a priest? I was like, yeah, he's like, man, I can't give you a ticket. So then then what I said, I don't know what I was thinking, but I don't know, I just just told him, you know what, officer? No. (laughs) No, I told him, I was like, I am held to a higher standard, so I deserve two tickets. (laughs) And he said, well, that's my call to make, not yours, so I'm not going to give you a ticket and go on your way. I didn't get a ticket. I was so fortunate. But uh, just the point to illustrate is that we're going to be held to a higher standard. And it's, um, it's very interesting when I see the shamelessness of some people who try to engage in conversation with me by saying, Father, did you hear about what that one priest said? And they're just ex- like egging me on or trying to invite me to talk smack about my brother priest. And, oh, just, just beware of your tongue. Because if we're going to receive the condemnation, if you want holy priests, then if you would have prayed at this community, not you, a lot of people in the community, if they pray for their priest half as much as they talk about their priest, then they're going to have saints of giants in their community. And I just warn you of that, because obviously I'm going to receive the greater condemnation, but in your interest, and in my interest, because I know I'm going to be judged hard, I mean, we have to recognize that this is a great gift, and we need to we need to build it up and not bring it down, uh, because of how important it is. And um, I just want to really uh, let you know that very seriously how important that is. Jesus says to Peter, "Strike the shepherd, and the sheep will flee." Saint John Bionni says, "When people want to destroy religion, they begin by attacking the priest. For when there is no priest, there is no sacrifice." And when there is no sacrifice, there is no religion. If there's no priest, you might as well go home. Because there ain't nothing to do here. Go to a go to a warehouse and do a Bible study. And here is where we have the sacraments. And the access to the sacraments is through this hierarchy of the of the church. And so I just want to it was a little bit of an educational homily. I don't want to be too negative, but I just the whole point pray for pray for your um The Pope, pray for the patriarch, pray for the bishops, and the priests. I promise you, if you don't like a priest, he's going to get judged for whatever he's done. How many times have you, this is the last thing I want to say. How many times have you seen somebody say, I stopped going to church because I had this one experience with a priest. One thing I warn you to do, to not do, I caution you. Do not make celebrities out of your priests. Obviously, I'm a public figure. Obviously, I'm subject to public scrutiny. That's that's fine. I, I get that. But man, when you put all of your stock in a person, you're going to get in trouble. Your stock and my stock should be in the person of Jesus Christ, not in a person of a priest. That's very dangerous, because what I've seen is people stop going to church because a priest goes to another church. First off, if you like that priest so much, he failed you, because you weren't catechized in what's important. Second off, it's dangerous when, when that priest, if he falls into sin, if he creates a scandal, then you're going to be tying your own faith with a person. And that's not safe. And so this gospel highlights for us today how an appropriate relationship with the church should look, and especially in regards to the priesthood. So uh, I ask you to, to remember us in your prayers, uh, to pray for us so that we can serve in, um, in holiness and in humility. Amen.